Destination Medicine is a collaborative initiative of regional training hubs. This is one of three episodes produced on behalf of the New South Wales Rural Doctors Network and provides first-hand information on what it means to be an RDN cadet. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. Growing up in Sydney, Dr Aria Steele dreamed of being a travel show presenter. But it was while she was on work experience, watching a surgeon operate on a shoulder, that she became fascinated by medicine and decided to swap ambitions. Supported by her Rural Doctors Network cadetship, with the financial benefits, camaraderie and broad training it affords, Dr Steele says she doesn't intend ever returning to big city life. Dr Aria Steele begins by explaining her journey to medicine to Jeff Waters. Growing up, I always thought that I wanted to be on Getaway or some sort of travel show where you could travel and get paid for it. But when I did work experience at a newspaper in high school, I realised that really wasn't for me. And I'd always been interested in medicine. My mum has type 1 diabetes and I think being the oldest kid, I always had to be aware of when I needed to give her jelly beans or when her sugar was low. So I think that kind of intrigued me from there. At school, I actually probably never thought I was clever enough to do medical school. And when I looked through the university degrees and saw that medicine could be up to seven years, I thought, hell no. I don't even want to go to uni for two years. <laughs> but I did placement in year 12 with an orthopaedic surgeon and I really was interested in it. So I decided to pursue it and I thought, well, if other people can do it, then so can I. So that year 12 experience sounds like a very formative one. What was it about doing that that made you change your mind? Well, I think it was off the bat of having a very unexciting work experience at the newspaper where I was counting down the hours till I could leave. And then when I did two placements with shoulder surgeons, one of them in the theatre, I just thought it was so cool. As an 18-year-old going into a theatre watching shoulder replacements, I was intrigued and fascinated by the whole thing. And time went very quickly. So standing in a theatre watching somebody's shoulder being operated on as an 18-year-old is not something that would normally make somebody say, oh, this is really cool. (laughs) In fact, they might faint or be put off. Was it not shocking for you? I think at school I'd always been interested in PDHPE, which is where you study anatomy and biology. So I thought it was fascinating. I couldn't get enough. What about the idea of being a doctor in general and not just a surgeon, you know, general medicine? Well, I always thought that I wanted to do a job where I was able to contribute to something bigger than myself. And I thought biology and medicine was really interesting. I spoke a lot and talked a lot. So I thought it was a good combination. So prior to entry into medicine, uh, did you have to sit any pre-entry tests like the GAMSAT? I sat the GAMSAT and I sat it three times. And the first time I applied for medical school, I got declined an offer. And I think that really started a fire in me that it was really what I wanted to do. So you sat GAMSAT three times? First time was a practice run. The second time was meant to be a good crack at it and I didn't get in. And the third time I really put everything into it. And that was the time that I got in. What changed over that period, do you think? Well, I was doing an honours year at the time in medical science and I was working in a lab and I really loved the lab that I worked with. But what I found I enjoyed about working in the lab was 
talking to my colleagues and being in a team environment, I hated the lab work and I was also terrible at it because I was so distracted talking to everybody else. I thought I really enjoyed medical science and learning about the body, but I also really loved having connections with people. So medicine made sense as a career path. How did you find the GAMSAT? How was it? For somebody who did a medical science degree, I did terribly at the science section. And you would think after three years of doing science, I would be good at it. But I did the best in the writing section out of everything. So I guess I have my year 12 English teacher to thank for that. A lot of people, when I talk to them about this, say that that's the hardest part of the exam. So it's very interesting that you say that you did so well out of it. How did you study for it? How did you approach it? Well, I had a group of three of us and we literally went to the library most days and we did practice questions and practice questions and practice questions. And the three of us all got into medicine. It was great. I think I wouldn't have done it on my own. I really needed to have those people there with me. So what do you think changed between the second attempt and the third attempt? I had that group of people with me. So previously you hadn't had that study group? Actually, to be fair, I did have that study group as well. But I think when I didn't get in that second time, I really did put a lot more effort into it. And I also got a bit lucky with the question that was the essay question that happened to be something very similar to a book I had just read before that summer. The Happiness Advantage was the book, and it proved to be very helpful for the question in that essay part. And I think as well, after that second time where I I didn't get into medical school, I think everything had been relatively easy for me up until then. School wasn't too hard. Uni wasn't too hard. So I think I thought getting into medical school wouldn't be too hard. And having that, I guess, failure of not getting in really gave me a kick up the bum that I really needed to do more. I had already been volunteering at a hospital, but I did a lot more community service as well because I realised the importance of that for applications for uni. I got about 10 different people to read my application to make sure there wasn't even a single spelling mistake in any of my applications. And I went overseas to present a paper at a conference because I knew that that would be helpful. So I really did a lot more in all areas of life after that failure, which I think drove me to do what I needed to do to get into medical school. So do you have any advice for somebody who might be listening who is having to approach the GAMSAT? Don't give up. It's daunting, but I know someone I think sat it five times and is now a doctor up in Darwin. Don't be deflated. Some people have a brain that really can do the GAMSAT very easily. Most people aren't like that. And I would say don't do it on your own. Lean on the people around you. Did you have to sit any or take part in any interviews? I did. And how did that go? Absolutely terrifying. In what sense? I think it was one of the most nerve-wracking days of my life. I think because I had so much pressure riding on this interview and it was the interview to get into Notre Dame University, I actually thought that I completely flunked it and there was no way they were ever going to accept me into uni. Somehow I didn't flunk it completely, but they threw a few curveball questions And the people who interview you are also not allowed to give you any feedback about how you went. So you're just staring at these stone cold faces after you answer a question. So you have no idea if you did well or not. So it's a matter of having self-confidence when you go in by the sounds of it. And I had absolutely no self-confidence. 
And I think that's actually come with time. I was only 22 at the time, pretty young. I look back at my 22-year-old self and I thought that was pretty daunting for someone in their early 20s. A lot of people at the uni I went to, the average age of entry was 26. A lot of people had done a lot of things with their life before going to medical school. And I think reflecting on it now, having those other experiences makes a high pressure situation like a medical school interview still hard. I was pretty naive and hadn't had much experience. So yeah, it was very daunting. Well, now you're well down the track. What do you consider the best bits of your medical education and training so far? Medical school was really great. There was ups and downs, as there is in any time that you're forced to go to uni five days a week and around the same people all day, every day, and everything is about uni. I think the highlight of my uni degree was I got to go to Broome for five weeks in my third year of medical school. And I got to go with the Royal Flying Doctor Service to a town, a large Indigenous community south of Broome called Bijadenga and spend time out there. And I just loved seeing the community. I loved seeing how they set up the medical practice. One man in particular was so impressive. He was an old Indigenous man in the town who'd been taught how to do retinal screening. So he would screen everyone in the community's eyes. That picture would get sent down to Perth and an ophthalmologist would look at it down there. And I just thought that was incredible that we were able to do that in remote Australia. Another cool experience was going to Brewarina with the Rural Doctors Network. They have these trips where you can go out for a day with a specialist and see what it's like out there. And I went with a cardiology team and sports medicine and we went on a jet. That was pretty cool. That took off quickly. And actually, (laughs) I worked at a golf club and one of the members of the golf club was the person flying the plane. I wasn't sure whether to be excited or nervous. (laughs) (laughs) You do get to do really cool experiences in medical school that you may not get to experience otherwise, and I probably haven't really experienced since. I went to the Solomon Islands with a surgical team. We went there for a week and a half, and that was just the best trip ever. It was amazing from a pathology point of view and the diseases you saw, but also the team that we went with was awesome. Two of my friends and I went, and the surgeons and the gynecologists we went with were just great. Also went to northeast Arnhem Land and spent five weeks out in Nullumboy, which I really want to go back to. And I never would have done that if I hadn't gone to medical school, experienced any of those places. There's lots of cool things to do. When you moved from medical student to intern, what were some of the differences you noticed? I really enjoyed becoming an intern because instead of being the awkward person standing in the corner getting grilled about questions that I often didn't know the answer to, I had a job to do, whether it was to do a discharge letter or go see a patient, go review somebody. I felt a lot more, I guess, fulfilled because you have more responsibility, which having more responsibility also comes with more stress. But I think uni really prepared me for starting internship. Starting a new job is always tough, no matter what industry you're in. Of course. Now, you were on a cadetship through the New South Wales RDN. Can you explain what that was and what were the benefits of getting the cadetship? The Rural Doctors Network Cadetship is a program aimed at keeping people in the country by getting them exposed to rural lifestyle and rural medicine. I was the head of our rural health club at uni. I knew about all the scholarships because I had to because of my role. The Rural Doctors Network Cadetship pays you a certain amount of money in your last two years of uni 
and supports you through you go on different weekends away to go and see different places with everyone else who's a cadet go to different towns and see what their community's like we went to Canoundra for a weekend and saw how the GP obstetricians GP surgeons their work so you're kind of connected in this group for the last two years of uni and you get to go to a conference at Coogee every year which everybody loved because it was free and every student loves free stuff in exchange you do your first two years of working in a regional centre, whether it's Orange, Dubbo, Tamworth, Wagga or Albury. And I wanted to work rurally anyway. So to me, it was a no brainer. I'd get a bit of extra cash during uni when I was a poor student and it would help you get a job at a hospital you wanted to work at. Why did you want to practice rurally? When I was a first year medical student, I went on a Bush Bursary Scholarship, which is basically um, that Rural Doctors Network again sets up first year medical and nursing students with placements in rural areas. And I thought I would give it a go. And I got placed in Leeton. And when I was in Leeton, the first day I was there, I assisted in a caesarean, which I thought was absolutely out of this world, even though I did pass out. But it was a 35 degree day. And I also got to spend time with a man called Bob Byrne. And Bob Byrne is a pretty incredible person. He's one of those classic rural GPs. The first time I met him, he was 78 and still working as a GP in Leeton. And I spent the day with him in his rooms. I think I learnt more in those nine hours I spent with him than I had in my whole medical degree to that point about how to connect and communicate with patients and people. I wrote a little article about it after my experience and I'd said in the article, as said by Sir William Osler, the good physician treats the disease, the great physician treats the patient with the disease. And I think Bob Byrne sticks by that mantra very well. Can you tell me how you found yourself arriving in Deniliquin, where you're now working? What led you there? I applied for this new program through WOGA, which is a pilot program, which is the Murrumbidgee Rural Generalist Training Program. The idea is that GP training currently is through private practice. You get paid for your billings. You don't get a salary. There's no maternity leave. There's no holiday pay. You don't get paid overtime. So it's not very attractive for people to want to go into general practice. So this pilot program by the Murrumbidgee is designed to make GP more attractive to people. So you get paid a salary every year and you also get opportunities to upskill in areas like ED and obstetrics, which is what I'm gonna be doing, which is actually really hard to get those experiences if you wanna do rural general practice. The reason I ended up in Deniliquin is because I am on this training program and you have to go out into small rural areas for part of your primary care training. And the reason I chose Denny is probably because my boyfriend is from Finlay, which is only 40 minutes away. Wagga also places interns in small communities for a three-month rotation. And I, by chance, got put in Finlay, which is a town of 2,500 people, which was a big change for me coming from suburban Sydney. And I happened to meet my boyfriend now of three years at the local Chinese. Because he's from Finlay, when the decision came about where to go to, they thought, oh, well, you'll go to Denny. It's close to Zach. And it has been a really good experience. And it's nice because Zach pretty much knows most of the people in the town through footy. So it's made it a nice, easy transition. And what is it about living and working in a regional area that you enjoy? 
Growing up in Sydney, I travelled an hour and a half to get to uni every day for six years, which was lovely because I got to walk over the Harbour Bridge most days with my dad, but it's such a time drag out of your day. And when the opportunity came up to move with uni to somewhere that you could walk to uni, I jumped at that opportunity. So I went to Windsor, which is not rural, but just out of Sydney for a year. And then I went to Ballarat. I love even now I live literally a minute away from work, which just gives you so much more time in your day to do other things in your life, like walk your dogs, paint, whatever you like. I think living in an area where you can work so close to where you live gives you so much freedom and so much flexibility and so much more time in your day. And how would you describe the adjustment moving from a big city to this rural lifestyle? I've really enjoyed it. Everybody's very friendly. Everybody wants you to settle there. Everybody wants you to stay. So everybody's very nice. You've got to find a coffee shop in the town and you've got to find a good walking track is what I found from moving to different rural areas. I don't think I would ever live in a city again. That was Dr Aria Steele, former RDN cadet, now participating in the Murrumbidgee Rural Generalist Training Pathway. We trust you've enjoyed this episode of Destination Medicine, a joint project of the regional training hubs. The hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme.